David is back, and we have plenty to talk about coming out of the bye week. In fact, the Bucks bye week was a win for the Bucks. We'll get into that. Then we are going to get David's takeaways from the first half of the year, what he expects in the second half of the year, and we're going to get his first half MVP, most improved player, and who needs a big second half. All that more coming up on the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. It is great to be back with all of you back to five days a week. The Bucks are out of the bye. That means we are out of the bye and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you head over to YouTube, subscribe and help defend me against some of these angry Saints fans who said that I was making excuses, even though I very clearly said that the officiating did not cost the Buccaneers the game. But that's neither here nor there. I'm excited to have my partner in crime, David, back. Uh, I am James Yarko, joined by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We are, David, we're refreshed. We're mm-hmm. relaxed. We had a nice day. Uh, well, you were you were traveling, which... I'm sure. So I don't know how refreshed I am, but yes, we're back. <laughs> I, I got to kick back and just watch football and get angry at, at my fantasy team and take my my son to. I had hockey games on Saturday. I had a hockey practice on Sunday, so it was just it was nice to not have to cover a game. And but now we're right back at it. And you could you could consider this bye week a win for the Buccaneers because outside of the Cardinals winning, which was. I don't know if I would call it a surprise. I think the Cardinals are by far a better team than the San Francisco 49ers, but they were without Kyler Murray. They were without DeAndre Hopkins. They were without AJ Green. They lost Chase Edmonds in the first like drive of the game. Uh, Still took it to San Francisco, but you had the Falcons almost Falcon, but they ended up coming away with a win against the Saints. You had the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Packers. The Titans beat the Rams. The Broncos beat the Cowboys. So the Bucs maintain their one-game lead above the Saints in the division. And then they're right there in the mix for the top seed in the NFC with all of these uh all of these losses from other teams. You know, what was your what was your big takeaway from the weekend? Well, it just it kind of reinforces, you know, what, what we talked about. Uh, towards you know the final stretch of our episodes before we hit the buy, and that was uh, something that we said is that the Saints the Saints aren't going to end the season with only two losses. Like you know you come in to this weekend and the Bucks and the Saints both have two losses. Obviously the Buccaneers lose to the Saints uh, in New Orleans, so you know the pseudo tiebreaker for now until they they play again uh, is is going to go to the Saints. So if they if they even up uh, the amount of wins and all that stuff, then the lead then goes to the New Orleans Saints. But again, the, the New Orleans Saints were never going to finish with just two losses, especially with the loss of Jameis Winston. It's just it's just not how the cards are going to fold. If Trevor Simeon was a quarterback that was capable of leading a team to a two-loss two record, he wouldn't be a backup, and he wouldn't be backing up a guy who was a backup last season. You know what I mean? That's just that's just how the NFL uh, kind of works. And then, honestly, it was a little bit of, of karmic justice. I'm actually curious. I haven't had the time to really dive into, like, Saints Twitter, but... They had roughing the quarterback uh, uh, penalties. 
They had DPIs. They had offsides. They had some false starts. Like there were a lot of penalty guys. I'm and you mentioned I was driving, so I wasn't able to watch any of the games in real time. But I'm listening to the Falcon Saints. I'm scrolling through XM Radio, Series XM, and I'm like, you know, which game matters the most to my job? And I was like, okay, Falcon Saints. Let me listen to this game. And I was like, you know, if it gets out of hand, I'll change the channel. But until it, you know, until it does, I'm going to listen to it. And I'm glad I stuck through it because honestly, there was a point in the third quarter where I almost switched uh, the channel. But things got really interesting. And it kind of reinforces what we talked about. Like, again, I, I'm going to stand by, and I know a lot of Bucks fans don't like it. I'm going to stand by the, my, my stance that I don't think the referees, uh, you know, screwed over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their loss to New Orleans Saints. I think the Bucs earned every single penalty they got. Mm-hmm. Outside of one drive for the Atlanta Falcons, the, the Atlanta Falcons had one drive where they gave up, they had two 15-yard penalties in that drive, and they gave up a whole lot of penalty yards to the Saints. That's what got the Saints back into that game at towards towards the end of the game was that drive where the Falcons basically gave the New Orleans Saints penalty yards to keep their drive alive. That's kind of what the New Orleans Saints are right now is a team that's going to rely on other teams to make enough mistakes to allow them to win. After that drive, the Atlanta Falcons clamped down a little bit. They didn't make some of those same mistakes and they were able to close out the game. So that's why, you know, I know a lot of Bucks fans, like everybody wanted the Bucks to beat the Saints and I get all that. And I get the rivalry and the hatred and the Cam Jordan, and, and all that. So I understand it, but I said on our final preview before that game, right? Even if the Bucs lose to the Saints, it's fine. It's fine because the Buccaneers are much more likely to finish this season with two two losses than the New Orleans Saints are to finish the season with five losses. Like, I, if I had to bet, will the Saints finish with five or fewer losses or the Buccaneers finish with two? I would actually put money on the Buccaneers to finish with two losses before I would predict that the Saints would have four or fewer losses at the end of this year, that's just the way I see these two teams stack up. So honestly, this could be like the first Super Bowl season, James, where if you remember the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost both games to the Saints that year and still won the Super Bowl. And I don't care. I don't care if the Saints sweep them for the next three seasons, as long as the Buccaneers are the ones holding the Lombardi at the end of the year. That's all that matters. And Cam Jordan can go there and say, Yeah, but you're y'all are six and or three and six in the last three years against the Northern Saints. Gotcha. That three and six looks really good with them shiny Lombardis sitting uh sitting there at one buck. So, yeah, a, a very good weekend for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, very good weekend for Buccaneers fans. And, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they might be for real. I mean, they, they might be legit. And, granted, the Niners aren't exactly, like, cream of the crop right now, their best version of themselves right now either. But, I mean, uh, they, they should have won that game. Like, black and white paper on paper, they should have won that game. Yeah, the, the Cardinals certainly took me by surprise, missing as many players as yeah. they did. But like you said, the Niners aren't exactly the the measuring stick that that we need to go by. Um, but yeah, you're 100 percent right. You know, in the in the Buccaneers, two Super Bowl seasons, they got swept in the regular season by the New Orleans Saints. And and you're 100 percent right. Who cares what the regular season record is as long as it's the Buccaneers that are the ones standing tall at the very end of the season and and Cam Jordan can run off at the mouth all he wants, you know, yeah. that, you know, the, the Saints still own the division. Okay, well, the Bucks own more Lombardis. And, well, and you get swept by the Saints and win the division. Game. That would really make the Saints uh, <laughs> upset. And, yeah, Cam Jordan can sit at the breakfast table, good morning football, Super Bowl weekend, talking about how they own the Saints or the Buccaneers for two weeks uh, in the regular season, and, and he can enjoy his front row seat at the uh, the HDTV screen as the Buccaneers play in Super Bowl. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, great a great weekend for uh, for a team that was off and uh, and we're going to get into a little bit more about that team 
coming up in just a second. But David, does any of this sound familiar? You've got a device that lets you catch the game live. There's another one that's letting you stream your favorite shows. Yes. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. Yes. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. I was trying to watch a game on my phone while I had a game on my television. Uh, and it's it was just a full disaster. But a simple way to get all of the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's direct TV stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. The best part is that there's no annual contract. Get those contracts out of here. They're the most obnoxious thing ever. Direct TV stream lets you do that. They get rid of the clutter. They get rid of the confusion and they get your TV together all with direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Segment two here at the Lots on Bucks podcast. David Harrison and Jay Jarko back like we never left on Twitter at dharrison82 at Bucks at Locked on Bucks. And uh, James, you and Evan had some takeaways from the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, you had some some predictions or some things that you wanted to see in the second half of the season. And now that I am off of my, we'll call it vacation, 36 hours of driving over the last five days. So I don't know so much uh, how much of a vacation it really was, but it was a good time. I'm, I, I appreciate you for working our schedule together so we could do it. Saw the in-laws, my kids got to see their grandparents, got to see a really good friend of mine uh, get her first company commission, like family to me. Uh, got to see her take over her first company, and that's that's a huge moment in any army officer's life and career. So I'm I'm internally grateful that one the NFL scheduling gods uh, made this thing possible because if we had games to cover, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, so just yeah, perfect you, timing. You anyway. out big time with with Tampa and Washington yeah, both, both of them having the same bye week together. Uh, it was uh, I believe they call it kismet. Yeah, I mean I owe somebody somewhere a muffin basket. I don't know where to send that, but uh, they they deserve it. Um, but my takeaways from from this this first half of the season is it's a kind of something that we've talked about a lot on this show already, and that is that we've yet to see the the best of the 2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? And that was the message all offseason is that the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, won Super Bowl Derek Brooks in Raymond James Stadium, and that's all great. That team's history, and that's in they're in the history books. They're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Like they'll have clips and highlights and jerseys and rings and whatever in the Hall of Fame for fans to go visit. You know, for the for the rest of the time and highlight reels and 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 football life documentaries coming and and all those things and books, right? Oh, oh, I nailed that one. Books yeah, being did. written about them, right? That's great. But this 2021 Buccaneers team is completely different. They look the same, the names are the same, but they're completely different. And one big reason they're completely different, right, is that every single NFL team now has the script. They have more than a year's worth of film to watch on this team. They have an entire postseason run to watch about this team and understand and diagnose what it is this team is going to try to do. So it's actually a little bit harder to repeat when you're bringing back all these players because the tendencies are going to be known. And then you add in the injuries. I mean, six straight games of losing a starter, you know, mostly on defense, maybe even seven when you get into some of the backups who became starters uh, because of the injuries. I mean, this team, a lot of teams deal with injuries. And we just talked about the Arizona Cardinals, you know, uh, succeeding despite injuries. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done just the same. And, even though a lot of Buccaneers fans would say they're a little disappointed in how the season has gone, the team is still six and two. They're the third seed in the NFL right now. If the playoffs started today, they're the number three seed in the NFC. And you want the bye. You know what I mean? You want the bye week. You want home field advantage throughout the playoffs. You don't want the playoffs to go through Arizona if you can avoid it. 
you start off the season, or you start off the postseason rather with a po- with a, with a home game, and in this situation, uh, the Buccaneers would be hosting the New Orleans Saints. Actually, so it's it's interesting how that would be how that would be working out. Um, meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers would be hosting the Atlanta Falcons. So all of a sudden, the NFC South, not the NFC West, the NFC South has three teams in the playoffs if it starts today. The Saints and Falcons both in there, and the Carolina Panthers are the first team out. So I mean, suddenly this division. Is incredible. Donald is who we thought he was. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was somebody earlier in the season who told me I was wrong about Sam, and I actually started to think maybe I was wrong. Should have never doubted myself because I was one hundred percent right on that we- one. Um, but yeah, so the NFC South has become this really dominant division, or not dominant, but a really competitive division, just like we kind of always expected to. And the Buccaneers are still sitting at the top. They're still sitting among the top of the NFC records, and not for nothing. But in in their with their record, if they're if they're in the AFC, they're not even a full game out of first place. So, I mean, you look at where the Buccaneers stack up. It's a really great team, and they only have more to prove and more to go from there. And that's really kind of what I take away from this first half of the season is you are seeing a great team in action. You're just seeing it through the lens of a lot of injuries and a lot of setbacks, but it's kind of showing you why this team can be so great. Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. And and like. Evan and I talked about, and and I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts. And I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, talking about the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. You talk about the the Saints and, and where they're probably going to finish, and and the Falcons are in right now. I don't see that being sustained. You still have the Seahawks, who are going to get Russell Wilson back, and so you kind of think that they're going to end up in the mix as well. But coming out of the bye, you have games against the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants, but then you have kind of that tough three out of four stretch similar to, to what we saw last year with the bucks, but you have uh, a game at Indianapolis. Then I can't off the top of my head, remember who they have the week after Indianapolis They're in Atlanta after that in Atlanta. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Then you have the Buffalo bills at home yeah. Then you have the new Orleans saints at home. And that's yeah. going to be a stretch. That's going to, really kind of separate where the Buccaneers are and where they're going to finish. Because after they get through that, you know, they get the Panthers twice, they get the Jets. Well, I guess I shouldn't say too much about the Jets. That is the team that beat the Titans and the Bengals. Yeah. So they they got that going for them, which is nice. Um, but I, I think that that three out of four stretch starting Thanksgiving weekend is really going to be telling about who the Buccaneers are uh, as as they head down the final stretch and, and into the postseason because the Bucs have not looked great against playoff caliber teams as far as they beat the Cowboys, didn't look good against the Rams, didn't look good against the New Orleans Saints. Now, I would plead with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers PR department, if you are watching, do not allow any more players on the Manning cast of Monday Night Football. The two Buccaneers losses have come after a player has appeared on that show, take a look at the Bills. Josh Allen was on the show last week, and then they lose to the Jaguars. So no more bucks on, on the Manning cast. But how do you feel about that stretch coming up here in the second half of the year as far as what it's going to tell us about the Bucks? I feel great about it because that's that's kind of what you want, right? And, we, and we've referred to this team as kind of like the LeBron James type of, of basketball teams where they're just worried. Like nobody cares in Los Angeles that they've lost two games to the Oklahoma City Thunder with Russell Westbrook on the roster. What they care about is that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be in the playoffs and the Oklahoma City Thunder are probably going to be sitting at home. So at the end of the day, 
every loss teaches you a little bit more about yourself and every team that you barely win teaches you a little bit more about yourself. And we've heard Bruce Arians talk about how the close wins teach you more than the close losses because of close wins. You learn a little bit about your weaknesses, about how other teams are going to exploit you, how they're going to attack you. But then you also learn to rely on your game plan, rely on what your coaches are telling you because look, it works. And we won this game, even though it was close, a close loss. That's where you had to have some doubt starting to creep in maybe from some players. They're like, ah, you know, coach, you told me to do this and we ended up losing a really close game. Maybe I should have done this instead. So you kind of see some seeds of doubt. So you want to see the close wins if they're going to be close games. We had a commenter on the YouTube channel uh, and, and we love all of our commenters, right? And, and I, got, I got a similar type comment on Twitter, actually, somehow the Buccaneers haven't beaten the team with a winning record yet. Well, they've only played two teams that had a winning record at the time that they played them. And of course, one of them was the Rams early in the season and then the New Orleans Saints. So every other team, including the Dallas Cowboys, because you're zero and zero, you don't have a winning record, you're 500, whatever. Um, they haven't played a lot of teams with winning records, but you do want to see them come away with wins against those teams. The next team they're going to see with a winning record maybe will be the Indianapolis Colts, which is in three weeks. Washington has a losing record. The New York Giants have a losing record. So the Colts, who currently have a losing record, but could potentially have a winning record by the time they meet, that might be the earliest. Then you have the Falcons, who are probably going to have a losing record. Honestly, you may not see a winning record team until with the Buffalo Bills and then the New Orleans Saints. And even the Saints, it, it just depends on what's going to happen. I mean, Trevor Simeon, yeah. Taysom Hill, like, how, how are those two going to quarterback this team? You may not see any more. The Bucs may only play one more team with a winning record this season. That is actually a possibility. I'm not predicting it, but it's a possibility. So you want to see them beat the Buffalo Bills, right? But even if the Buffalo Bills beat you, if the Saints beat you, if the Bills beat you, if the Rams beat you, you now have motivation. You now have, as a, coach, as a coaching staff, we can come in we, round one of the playoffs. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You can be playing the Saints, the Rams, the Panthers, the Cardinals, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You can take those three games and say, look, guys, here's how we lose games. You go back to the penalties. You go back to some of the mis-execution on offense. You go back to, I mean, some of his injuries, but you go back to the early days of Ross Cockrell getting more snaps and the early days of Mike Edwards getting more snaps. And here's where we've come. Here's how we get better. So even those losses, even if they end up losing, all you want to do is be in the tournament. And I have zero doubts the Buccaneers are going to be in the tournament. Whether they're in there with three losses or four losses, that's really the difference. Do they get the bye or do they have to play in the wild card round? That's really the question. But even then, at the end of the day, you just want to be playing football in mid-January. And I have no doubts the Buccaneers are going to be doing it. So even if they lose those games, you're going to have teaching opportunities. And this coaching staff and this team, even if they lose those games, no reason these players should be coming out there saying, well, we don't know if the coaches know what they're talking about. Because you have a whole lot of wins stacked up behind this coaching staff that give you reason to believe in them. Absolutely. I, I do think it would be rather entertaining if the Bucks and Cardinals were to meet in the playoffs, especially if it ended up being at Arizona. Uh, you know, yeah. the, you have the Bruce Arians connection and, and so many yeah, members of the staff and Jason Light all going back to Arizona for a, for a big playoff game. Rather it be in Ray J, though. David, I want to I finish up this segment by asking you the same thing that I asked Evan. Mm-hmm. For the Buccaneers to get that one seed, even if mm-hmm. they have to settle for the two seed, what do you feel is the biggest key for the Buccaneers to get to that one or that two seed by time the season is over. Getting healthy. And okay. I think that's where they have to prioritize things. Like you don't want to rush guys back. You know, um, we're going to talk a little bit deeper into this, you know, in, in our next episode, but like SMB uh, coming back from coming back to practice and all that. And that's great. And you love to see it. But if he's not, I don't know if you say a hundred percent, cause I don't know if you really expect anybody to be hundred percent, but I would say if he's not at least 
80, 80, 85%, you know, healthy. Um, don't rush him out there. Rob Gronkowski, don't rush him out there. You know, there, there's no need again to rush these guys out there. And again, you, you go back to like the LeBron James Lakers or Cavs or whatever. Those are teams. I mean, we've seen them get criticized. Like we've seen fans boo and, and ask for refunds and the NBA has tried to make rules about how much you can rest star players because we've seen those teams prioritize rest over winning in the NBA. You can get away with it where they actually rest against playoff caliber teams. So a playoff caliber team might beat the crap out of the Los Angeles Lakers, or the Cleveland Cavaliers, but it's because they play with basically all backups. So when they face each other in the playoffs, you don't have any experience against our starters, but we have experience against your starters. So you can't do that in the NFL. You know what I mean? Cause the, the games are too precious. Um, but I would rather see this team prioritize getting healthy over getting their best players on the field. Because again, right now, there's no doubt you're going to be in the postseason. That's where it really matters. Absolutely. And, and Evan had a lot of the same sentiments, and I agree 100%. I think that is first and foremost the most important thing. Yeah. And they might have rushed Gronk back a little too fast playing against the Saints, but you want to see SMB. You want to see Carlton Davis. You want to see Antonio Brown. You want to see Scotty Miller. All these guys come back for the important stretch run into the postseason rather than a game against the Washington football team or the New York Giants or the New York Jets. Um, because I, I think you're 100% right that, you know, the Bucs are going to be in the tournament. It'd be great to get that one or that two spot, but it's more important that they're healthy for that run like they had last year than it is to rush these guys back. Yeah, no, absolutely 100%. I love that idea. I love the the idea that we might actually be able to see this defense in its full capacity at some point, even if it takes beyond Thanksgiving, because I also love Thanksgiving. So I have something to look forward no matter what, all the good food, all the treats, plenty of things going down usually on Thanksgiving, especially in the Harrison household. And if you want a yummy dessert the way that I do, you don't always necessarily want it to be fully packed of calories and especially the sugar. That's the perfect time for a built bar because built bar can be your new holiday dessert when you're feasting on something delicious and you want to feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most built bars only have 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar. That thing is delicious instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. German chocolate cake or German carrot, uh, carrot cake, rather. Um, carrot cake is not really a staple, I don't think, of Thanksgiving. But you know what? If you if you down a carrot cake built bar instead of a full-blown dessert, you would be very happy with your decisions. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% chocolate, built Bars are a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things a little bit less awkward. And maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried built bar yet. You can be the favorite nephew or niece who turned her on to her new favorite treats. New surprises come in all month, limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So make sure you check the website often. And there's nothing like built bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar because Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com. In the meantime, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order of the best tasting protein bar you will ever try. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. Back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit 
with promo code locked on. You want to deposit 50, they're going to give you 25. You want to deposit 100, they're going to give you 50. Again, just use promo code locked on from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks at dharrison82. My dog Layla is also here. She's very upset that I'm focusing on all of our wonderful listeners and viewers instead of her. But hey, she's just going to have to wait a little bit longer because David has some half mid-season, whatever you want to call them, awards to hand out. We're going to go back, David, and uh, we're going to take a look at the first half MVP. Evan took Tom Brady, no doubt about it. He's he's probably everyone's number one choice. So I went with somebody that helped keep Tom Brady upright, keep him on this record-setting pace, and that was Tristan Wirfs, who is having another incredible year, uh, all-pro caliber right tackle there for the Buccaneers. So I'm curious, who is your first half MVP. Yeah. Well, first I'm surprised you guys didn't take Tom Brady off the list. Like you guys like to do I, in the I first place going to like, it's so easy to take Brady is like your, oh. your predictive MVP, mm-hmm. but, or your predictive player of the game. But for a first half MVP, there's no question. Tom Brady is the most valuable player to the Buccaneers. So I wasn't going to take that off the list for, for Evan in that one. Cause I knew that's where he was going to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and what Brady lacks in athleticism, he makes up for in, in droves and in, in leadership and uh, his ability to motivate his teammates. So a great pick. And then Tristan Wirtz. I love seeing Tristan get some some credit. You know, should have been the offensive rookie of the year last year, but he has no sexy stats, no touchdowns, no highlight clips. So, I mean, it, it just kind of is what it is. It's more of a social media award than anything else. And that's I'm going to go that same direction with my MVP. I'm going to go in the trenches and a guy that we have been kind of making sure we shine a light on because he deserves it. For one, he earned it. Like, we're not just giving it to him for the sake of giving it to him. He definitely deserves it. And that's going to be Vita Vea because when you look at this Buccaneers defense and how they've been able to withstand the barrage of injuries on that side of the ball, Vita Vea is one of the biggest pieces, one of the biggest reasons why. And, and up to a certain extent, you could have said Levante David as well, but then he misses times. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul misses some time. Devin White gets a little bit exposed for some of the things that we know are, are not the strongest points of his game, but then also gets a little bit in his emotions in his first, you know, packed stadium experience back in the state of Louisiana as an NFL player, uh, well, since last season anyway. And so I just, I want to give that credit, that shout out to Vita Vea because anchoring that defense the way that he has uh, doesn't always show up in the, in the stat box, of course, but a big reason that defense has been able to keep opponents low enough to allow the Buccaneers to put up the points to come away with victories uh, through this stretch. Yeah, and and all of our listeners and viewers know how much we love Vita Vea, you especially. You might be... Outside of Vita Vea's like immediate family, you might be the biggest Vita Vea guy out there. I'm just making and, up for saying that he wasn't worth the high draft pick they spent on him when they drafted him. Yeah, well, and, and you you bring facts to the table, <laughs> and, and we're a very pro Vea podcast here. Yeah. Um, it's overcompensating. <laughs> but we we take a look at who was the most improved. Okay, mm-hmm. and I told Evan you could take this a couple of different ways. It yeah. could be the most improved from 2021 uh, since 2020. It could be the most improved from week one through week eight, however you right. wanted to view it. 
mine went to Leonard Fournette. I, I think that was kind of a slam dunk pick, which is why I went before Evan since he took the slam dunk MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Evan took Ross Cockrell, mm-hmm. who I think has done an incredible job at having to to step in for for some of these injuries. And and we've seen improvement from him week to week. So I thought that was another great pick. But who was your most improved over the first half of the year? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I went through a couple names. I think Joe Tryon Shoinka is, is obviously somebody you could point off point out to, um, but that's kind of easy. I mean, you go from not playing in the NFL to playing in the NFL, so that's an improvement. Good job. Um, you could also get A.B. I mean, look, A.B. didn't even play the first half of the season last year, so he's already, you know, smoked what he, what he did in the first half of last season, and he's staying out of trouble and he's not being a problem when he doesn't get involved, you know, in, in a per drive or a per game uh, basis. And look, look around the NFL. There's some recent examples of star wide receivers who do not like when their teams win without them being contributing factors. So that is that is worth saying to a certain extent. But I'm going Donovan Smith. Um, and, you know, he hasn't been perfect by any means. Not the best left tackle in the National Football League. But people actually starting to talk about, and I'm talking about outside of Tampa. I'm talking about, the you know, outside of the Rick Strouds, Greg Ammons, the Pewter Reports, us, you know, stuff like that. I'm talking about good morning football. I'm talking about ESPN. I'm talking about, you know, get up or whatever uh, the show names are. Those guys are starting to talk about how Tom Brady is not as impressive because he has one of the best offensive lines in the, in the national football league. You go back two years and say, listen, this Buccaneers offensive line is going to be basically what it is two years ago, two years later. And people are going to be talking about how Tom Brady doesn't, isn't as impressive because he's got the, one of the best lines in the NFL and Bucks fans would absolutely, they would unsubscribe, unfollow, block and stop listening to anything we have to say but here we are and donovan smith deserves you know ali marpet deserves praise ryan jensen deserves praise they all deserve praise but donovan smith for the amount of of crap that he has taken during his career Still and not. he deserved a lot of it don't, don't get me wrong he deserved a lot of it he deserves as much praise for for picking it up and i don't know if he's so much improved from 2020 to 2021 because we really saw the biggest growth i think last year but Absolutely. he's he's continued that and that is something that everybody's got to be honest Coming into the season, everybody was kind of nobody maybe wanted to say it out loud, but it's like, oh, is Donovan still gonna be doing really well? And and he has, he's done very well for himself. Yeah, was was he gonna be able to sustain that that improvement, or were yeah. we gonna have a Doug Martin situation on yeah. our hands where it was like, oh look, he's the number two rusher in the NFL. Oh, look, he can't rush for two yards of carry. Yeah. Um too much time in the club, not enough time in the gym. Yeah. Uh, and and Donovan Smith still gets way more hate than he deserves. We still have people commenting on Twitter and you know other places where it's like, yeah, well, they need to they need to cut Donovan Smith. They can pick up a, an improvement. Yet nobody can ever come up with a name. You know, there's yeah. nobody walking the street that can come in and do what Donovan Smith does. So I love that pick. Uh, finally, who needs to have a big second half of the year? I said Devin White. Yeah, you know, he no. was my my preseason prediction for defensive player of the year has not shown it this year he's made mistakes he has not been as effective as he was last season and then evan said jason pierre paul he's only got two and a half sacks on the year he needs to have a bigger impact on the team so who are you going with for uh for that big second half of the year yeah i mean first off as far as devin weiss concerned listen we had devin on the show and he he said himself that he wanted he had his eyes on that defensive player of the year Exactly. So that's not just media outside pressure, you know, influencing what people think about the on the on the player. The player himself also wanted that as well. So if Devin if Devin wants to meet those those expectations or you know that uh, reach that stature in the National Football League, he does he definitely needs to have a better second half of the year? And I'm sure that he is well on his way working towards having that second half of the year. I'm going to go with kind of an easy answer here. I'm going Sean Murphy Bunting. I mean, obviously, 
you know, I don't even know how many snaps he played before he got hurt, maybe 10, 12, you know, whatever it was. Um, so obviously, if he plays a full game and stays healthy in, in the second half of the season, he's going to have an improved back half of the season. But you just look at how long can this defense really sustain being able to do what they've been doing and and relying on the offense to really win the games as they kind of hold on and, and wait for teams to get into catch-up mode so they can kind of simplify their defense. I don't know how much longer they can really withstand. And then you look at that stretch against the Bills and the Saints, and if you lose those games, I mean, I don't I, – I, I, even if they lose against the Bills and the Saints, I don't think the Jets are really going to scare me. I don't know how much the Panthers are going to scare me by then either. But you don't want to go in with that bad taste in your mouth. Just having Sean Murphy Bunting come back, and hopefully he's been getting plenty of mental reps. I'm sure he's been studying. I'm sure he's been you know, preparing, and he's, he's chomping at the bit. You're going to see some rust when he first gets on the playing field. Um, but but if he can come in and kind of be a stabilizing force uh, for that defense, let Ross Cockrell go back to kind of that role player mode that he's supposed to be in. Let Pierre Desir go back to being a veteran addition for depth, so on and so forth. It'll be it'll be huge for this Buccaneers defense. Absolutely, I love that pick, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Sean Murphy Bunting back out on the field. He is certainly needed. Uh, and I mean, imagine if if Sherman gets to form. And then you got Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis out there. All of a sudden, this defense looks real different yeah. than what we saw in the first half of the year. With that, David, it is time for us to get out of here. We thank you to all of you that make Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel over there. But now you need to make sure that your next listen is the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available on all platforms. If you want to make yourself part of the show, give us a call at 813-444-5841. And I will say real quick, thank you to all of you that called in after the Saints game. Unfortunately, with some of the scheduling issues that David and I had during the bye week, we weren't able to get to nearly as many of those voicemails as we wanted to, but we will try our best moving forward to make sure that we are bringing you guys as many of those calls as possible. But we did listen to them. Appreciate each and every one of you that called in. Please continue to do so you can check out everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com make sure you follow along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at dharrison82 and at bucks underscore nation hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe stay healthy wash your hands be good to one another thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks